Welcome to today's Life Coach Pod. I am so excited to have you here. And our special guest, Miles Smith, he's going to talk about something in a really cool way, and that's retirement. And yes, it's possible. I mean, eventually you will stop working. I know it seems like it's not possible, but you will. Now, how you choose to have that time go for you, that's what Miles is going to talk about. But we're going to start where we always start this week because the Chirpensteins are continuing to grow. These are the birds that are living outside my window right up there. And by day eight, look at how huge they've gotten. So they're, they're, they don't have, well, the feathers are coming in. You can see the little pin feathers starting down here. And this guy has been, has been my favorite. He is absolutely the most animated. He has managed to capture some of the COVID malaise as he's been growing. So they are eating a ton now, and the wife and the hubs are bringing food almost nonstop. And also, we have some weird hangers on. It's like they have a little fan group now of other house finches. So anyway, just wanted to catch you up, because that's day eight. Oh, there's the five, by the way, so you can see it's five birds. That's a lot of birds. So yes, there's a lot of feeding going on. Today, we are reinventing retirement, meaning doesn't mean you're just going to go get on your uh, jazzy and drive to the store. There's a lot more to life than that. So we'll talk about what that means. And then for those of you that have no idea what day it is, it is a Thursday. It's April 30th. It's the last day of the month. And it is March 61st for anybody sheltering in place. We have some great guests coming up. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit different. We have somebody who is going to talk about the art of storytelling. He's been a political speech writer in New Jersey which feels like he should be dead. And then he's also done and sold scripts. So he's gonna talk about different ways to tell stories and give us some of the um, background and what it's been like to be a storyteller. And then I'll come back on Monday uh, with Motivation Monday and I'm gonna talk about emotional intelligence because I think it's really, really important right now if you are functioning in this planet in a pan during a pandemic. And then Julie Leonard will be here to talk about reclaiming happiness, which might sound a little trite, but I, that's not the intention at all. It's actually a way to be very intentional about your happiness. So, so let's focus. Normally I would have some fast facts for you, but instead I decided to pick some of the memes out there that talk about people in retirement. Like this one that has the two folks looking at their iPhone saying, make sure you take two pictures so you can give one to me. I love that. Um, Mom, I'm not talking about you at all. Um, old man yelling at cloud. This is an homage for my mother who loves the Simpsons. And well, frankly, I've become one of those people that yells at things like clouds. <laughs> I don't know how it happens, but some, there is a point where some things just irritate you. Um, I love this one where she's looking at the computer saying, what channel is the Netflix? Yeah, I made the mistake of buying my mom a Roku. Same problem. And then I can't read this one out loud, but I can't because sometimes we swear on this show, but it is a woman on her jazzy in front of a huge group photo that's being shot. And it basically says, fuck your photo. I'm late for bingo. I want to do that. I want to be this lady one day. I want to just have that kind of chutzpah. And then finally, there is a woman that's correcting the history professor. And this is so on point right now. Um, she's correcting the history professor because she remembers being there, which is funny because I think during this pandemic, I think some people were asking like, is there anybody from 1918 who can remember what that was like? Folks, do the math. If you were there in 1918 and you're still alive, the chances of you having any memories are really low. On the other hand, 
some of us are really good at get remembering history because it seems to be getting rewritten every few weeks these days. So yeah, maybe this is relatable to everyone at this point. Okay, so Miles is here to talk about retirement. And Miles, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so we can find out how you got to doing this and why it's important to you. Thank you, Jennifer, for having me here. Uh, the reason how I came to this was back in 2008, I had, I had another job. In fact, I owned my own small business. And I started watching as, or not watching, but seeing friends and family, uh, people that I was working with. I was contracted to someone and watched a number of their people being outsourced and downsized or just thrown out on the street, figuratively speaking. And I knew I was getting out. I was 57 at the time and I was, I was out. So, no, I was 54 at the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, the, see, there's, I remember things too. That's right. <laughs> Memory goes sometimes, but anyway, uh, so I was just a case of, I knew that I could help these people. And all of a sudden, it just happened that I sold my business. I got into uh, helping people in transition into retirement. It, at that time, it was still kind of on the cusp of the old retirement of leisure and idle busyness, which a lot of people didn't like. That was one of the reasons that I got into this was so many of the people who have gray hair, I like to put it that way, uh -huh. um, we didn't want to just go to Florida or go to Arizona or my home state of New Mexico and just say, okay, I'm done. I'm waiting for my turn at the mortuary. I had somebody actually tell me that, so I use it from time to time. That, that was how he felt about retirement. And retirement is not what that is anymore. Uh, retirement today is active, vibrant, making a difference, making a change. All of these things are part of who we are. Baby boomers came up in a time of social change and we wanted to make a change. We wanted to make a difference and whether we did that throughout our careers, we see retirement as that chance to go back and either start over, do a reinvention, do a refurbishment of what they're doing, what we're doing now, going from full-time to consultancy to gig jobs or whatever. And there's also the other part of this in that people are terrified of retirement because it, in a lot of people's minds, it's waiting for their turn at the mortuary. And it means that they're going to lose, or in a lot of people's minds, that they're going to lose meaning in their life. They're going to lose a purpose. Without their job identity, who are they? 
It's like I ask a number of people I've asked over the years on Monday morning after you retire, who are you going to be? Mm. That's a, that's a real wake up call to people that all of a sudden I'm not going to be vice president of such and such, or I'm not going to be a department head or whatever. I'm going to be X, whatever, or former. And it's interesting too, because the culture, I come from marketing, the culture reinforces it because suddenly you're in a, as we say, a demographic that doesn't matter. You start to look for your age group. It's not even listed. And it starts around 50, which is ridiculous to me because I, I really, I mean, I feel like 50 to 70 year olds are an incredibly active demographic. Yes. And yet we, te- we, we fall right off the map, even though we might have the, the most resources at this point. Mm-hmm. And yet we fall right off the map. Yes. The, and I would have to look over and make sure of the exact numbers, but the predominance of people up until and even through the uh, current uh, COVID-19 coronavirus uh, quarantine there are still a lot of uh, boomers that own businesses. I mean, we own a major portion of the small businesses. We, back in 2008 and on, whenever we were shut out of what we were doing, we took what we could because we were still young. I mean, when you consider that at 65, a man who, who has made it to 65, his lifespan is 84 and some odd months. A woman who makes it to 65 now, she's got a lifespan of 88 and a couple months. And those are still good, vibrant years. They are still where we're active and we're doing things. And it's, I get back to that. We don't want to just shut down. Our lives are not idle busyness. I think a lot of the sandwich generation, the people who are between their parents and their kids, um, found out, discovered with COVID how much their parents were doing because they couldn't get their parents to stay in the damn house, right? Like that was, <laughs> that, that's still something that's traveling around on, on social media, which is like how, how hard it was. And my, my mom was a pain in the ass too. How hard it was to get her to sit down and be quiet because even though she is uh, ready to go, this isn't a time to be out. So I think that's really surprised people that how active their parents were. Yeah. And what a value that their parents or this 55 plus, 50 plus or 55 plus uh, demographic is to the uh, economy. Of the U.S. alone. I mean, it's, um, if I remember right, and I, I would have to search. I've been writing some, uh, for a book that I'm working on. Yeah, right there Yay. is the, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, in 2018, the figures were, and I'm not absolutely positive correct on this, or certain on this, but they were $3 billion dollars plus in value for volunteerism alone okay this is so good you bring up this research because i was actually searching for research before the show and I, clearly you know where to look because i i couldn't find a lot of 
contemporary, I mean, I try to find recent research on the contribution people, let's say over 55, make to the economy, to, to volunteerism and to charity. I mean, that, that value as a cohort, that value that's brought to bear, I think people either think two things, like people are, that they're a bunch of Trump supporters. I mean, like just mm-hmm. that, and they get written off. And, and then there's just a bunch of people who don't give any you know what, and they get the hey boomer or, um, you know, what is it? Thanks, boom, whatever it is. Hey boomer or. Thanks boomer thanks, or boomer, okay or, boomer. Okay boomer, yeah. yeah. Which is fine. Everybody, everybody always mocks each other. So I can, I can live with that. But the idea is there's a real contribution being made and it is not a time to sit down and age in the old recliner. Truly. I'm trying to find exactly, because I want to make sure of this. Uh, I can get you the information to where, as to where to look. But... Um, in that civic duty, though, people are, do, yes. people are doing all kinds of things, right? From politics oh. to feeding the poor to... Uh, oh church activities, all kinds of stuff, right? That is part of the unlimited, and I truly say unlimited potential of retirement. There is opportunities for caregiving. If you take the care, take the 55 demographic plus demographic out of caregiving and hospital and healthcare workers, the volunteerism that is done there, you destroy them. I mean, that would be truly dramatic if you took that cohort out of the uh, healthcare industry. Uh, parents and single parents, you take the grandparent or the uh, older person out of the babysitting and caregiving, uh, you're going to wipe out a lot of people because they can't afford babysitting or uh care outside of the home and so they have their parents that is a blessing to them until all of a sudden they realize wait a minute <laughs> you know if i gave the if i gave up this person how am i going to pay for them or how am i going to replace them as far as the value of what we are bringing to society in contributions and things that we do after work, um, just an example. There's a man up here in Woodstock, Georgia, who worked and worked and worked. He was a C-level, I, I don't remember exactly, but he was C-level, retired, and he is putting on TEDx now and uh, for TEDx Dupree Park up here in Woodstock, Georgia, north of Atlanta. And he's got a number of different uh, animal rescue uh, nonprofits that he he's working with, and he's funded himself. I mean, that's just one person, and you can go on and on and on with I, just a plethora of people that have all of these are making all of these contributions. Well, it's, it's funny because it's, I grew up and worked in Silicon Valley. We always talk about, and well, not everybody, but many of us lament the loss of institutional knowledge, right? That idea that 
over time you learn and if you're smart in how you run a business you we retain that institutional knowledge because it'll keep you from making mistakes and help you go faster but the idea of taking that shift like you just described so you come out of the executive suite and you are able to go out then into the community and take essentially that institutional knowledge you have as a as a contributor as a lifelong worker and you apply it to something else it really does bring that it sprinkles goodness everywhere it's like just this beautiful thing that can happen that intergenerational uh education and passing that knowledge down i mean we've over three decades and some of us have put in four decades and a few of us out there have put in five decades of work you know during that time we have amassed an incredible amount of knowledge experience managerial insight and to pass that on or not to pass that on to me and to a lot of people it feels like they're stealing from the community that they are if they can't give it back that there's um they're, they're just it feels bad to them i'll put it that way yeah i don't want to go take us too off track but it's it is probably one of the things that makes me most frustrated when right now during the pandemic older people are offered up as the parent sacrifice we're supposed to make to save our economy and yes. i think wow is that short-sighted and stupid i mean if you really wanted to figure out what would save your economy it would be people it's not the people who could actually provide a contribution let's find the people who are actually not providing the contribution yes if, if you even can bear to go down that path which I can't. <laughs> but i mean yeah to just think that that's it's okay they're old so you know they've they've had a life yeah, what are they such uh, the wrong way to look at it yeah they've passed their best buy date and yeah. what do they know you know put them out to pasture let somebody else have their uh place in line have sit their butt at that desk and i'm going to jump up real quickly because i just saw how dark that i have gotten in here <laughs> and i'm going to open the blinds over here so you get to watch this real quickly and i'm going to so that you can see me again <laughs> no problem it, yeah, you're, you're good but that's i love it this is the time people oh look we get to see the retire inspire yes and the thing is i and, and miles i'm really curious then as we talk about you come out of all of this with your knowledge you come out of this and you're still a fully baked human with lots of value what have you what are your what have you seen as being the key to life satisfaction as people make this change that is the heart of where i that's an incredibly good question uh, know your values know who you are know what you are and know what your values are know what drives you know what means what to you i mean that's the the chapter that i wrote for that i was asked to um be involved with that or well i take it there there's the book there's the wait cover. what's it called retire what's retire called? inspire one Okay, great. Inspire one. Okay, retire, inspire yeah. one. Okay. So uh, Andrew Priestley. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Priestley over in Brighton, England, uh, was the, or is the uh, lead author on it. And he, 
all of a sudden one day I get a call and he's published a number of books. He's a, a business consultant and coach in uh, Britain and in the uh, European uh, Union. I get a call from him and he's, can you please uh, add, a, add your thoughts to this upcoming project? And I was like, okay. And I was, I'm very honored by it. I'll put it that way. It was a treat and an honor and just wonderful, I thought. But it, my chapter in there gets to your question of how to hack your uh, retirement as quickly as you can. Know what your values are. That's what it all boils down to. That's the core of who we are, our values, our beliefs, our standards. Once you have gotten those and understood them, and I'm not talking about how if you ever did a values assessment in corporate life, you go in, they give you a list of 50 usually work-related uh, values, or words on a paper and you circle five that mean the most to you and they stand up and say, oh, well, congratulations, you know what your values are, go fly and be free. Go conquer the world or at least your department. Well, that doesn't do anything for you. You've got a list of words that don't really mean or they mean something to you, but you don't have a true explanation for what they mean to you, why, that you have those and how you build your life around them, how they manifest themselves in your life. That is the core of what learning or what your retirement life should be. You've built your life on values so far, whether you've really known it or realized it, you know, you've got the value of financial stability. Have you really sat down and thought that as you go through your daily work life, this is what one of my values is, is to have this job at this desk. No, your job or your value, that just plays into it. It's a, it's dependent upon your value, basically. And that's also, where- the, Yeah, well, I was gonna say also, our culture doesn't really support that. Our culture's all about keeping us busy, keeping us in line, keeping us um, conforming because all those things, if we all follow the rules, we all do what we're supposed to do. Of course, a huge society will function better, mm -hmm. but it doesn't do a whole lot for the individual. Right. And it's, um, I was in, uh, working with somebody here. It's been a couple years ago now that he, uh, was talking about how he really wanted his people to do this and do that and come in at this time and go home when they were supposed to, but never really forget their allegiance to their job and to the company. It's like, you want, a, you want machinery. You don't want people, you want machinery. <laughs> you know, and that's to your point there of they don't want people to think and introspection and defining yourself, understanding who you are, uh, that's for the long hairs. <laughs> you know? That's, a, <laughs> you know? that's so funny, that's, right? It's true, right? Because so, 
Because that's question authority. And then that's why it's for the long hairs, because it comes from that idea of question authority. It doesn't mean you have to fight authority, but at least be clear why you're conforming or not. You should have thought that. It's, I love Judaism for that, because that whole idea is to question, question, question. The, to always challenge and be sure that the decisions you're making are with intention and with awareness rather than out of obedience and just blind trust. And yeah. it sounds like in retirement, you finally have this first opportunity, potentially for some people, the first chance to really live that way. Well, when I graduated high school in rural New Mexico, my choices were I could join the military. At that time in the early 70s, that was one of the last things that you wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could go to college or go to a university if you could get in and could afford it because there weren't that many grants and there wasn't the money there at that time. Or the third thing was get a job. Doesn't matter what the job was. Just get out of the house, get a job, and go get a job doesn't mean that you have to like it in fact you're not expected to that's a reason that work is a four-letter word that's you're not true. expected to like it you know and oh you'll find your happiness someplace else if you really like your job you're going to be one of those weird ones but uh no go go get a job doesn't you don't have to like it just get a job and then you can mold yourself around that and maybe you'll in time find that you like your job well the thing of it is we might not have found the job we really wanted liked or even worked for us but we had a job we were making money we were moving ahead on the um traditional path, life path now, that's not where that a lot of people wanted to be. You know, they, people wanted to do things with their life, but they couldn't. They had their, li their traditional life path to, to follow. And now retirement gives them that chance to go back and be a motorhead if they wanted to. Love it. They can go back and take up art classes or they can go back and do the things that they wanted to when they were first starting out and getting a job. Also, retirement gives them a chance of, you know, say that they really did fall in love with what they wanted to do. And they spent so many years doing it that they don't know anything else. But they really did come to like what they're doing. They can rebuild that or rejuvenate it instead of being a full-time employee go turn it into a consultancy or a gig job there are a lot of people that are doing gig jobs at sea level on down i mean short-term ceo or short-term cio or whatever short-term as in a year six months whatever and it can be for this uh startups also people that are starting up companies need that knowledge that experience and i just want to add too because um linkedin i think it's recent just made a 
tweak on the jobs, speaking of gig jobs, because that's I'm a gig worker, and they just put remote up as a location, and the people are listing jobs now that are remote. Finally, so you don't have to, if you're listening to us and going, but there's a pandemic, the point is you don't have to go out and be with people, and you can provide your expertise and your experience and everything doing these gig jobs, and gig just means it's a short-term job, and you... I personally would recommend you um, do it on a project basis so you don't have to count your hours, but just tell them for a flat fee, I'll do this. Um, but that's a different, whole different podcast. But uh, yeah, I know. I, I so love gig working, but um, cause it gives you a lot of freedom. But also, it, you feel smart. You feel like you're adding value because they're bringing you in for your expertise. That's exactly it right there. They are bringing you in for what you know and what you can bring to the company. I mean, that's why they hired you even as a part-time person back 40 years ago. You know, it wasn't for the fact that you were there to fill a seat. It was there, you were there to do a job and to contribute to their bottom line. That's business. You know, that's all that that is. is you're, you're there. <clears throat> Excuse me. You are there to make money for them so miles okay so i don't want to work i i'm in touch with my values i don't really want to work but i love the idea of what you're saying about my uh, hobbies and my interests or you know I, i'm really good with kids or i i love being part of church is there what's another thing that people should be aware of after they figured out their values and where they belong where their their passions and loves are they can <clears throat> excuse me volunteerism uh, and volunteerism doesn't mean just at the hospital or at the library uh, here in the Atlanta area believe it or not uh, one of the greatest volunteer one of the biggest places that has volunteers are the uh, sports arenas and also Georgia Aquarium I think that about 50% of the people that work there are volunteers you can go follow follow any kind of um, interest, any kind of activity that you want through volunteerism. If you've got the money and you don't care about working, you can do it. Uh, churches, as you say, synagogues. I mean, there are a lot of people that work within all kinds of areas of this country and uh, all, all the way up and down industry, I should say. That there, is, that there is a place for the person who just wants to come in and work. Does They don't care that they are not going to be making $50,000 every six weeks. So what? To these people, it's about keeping busy. It's about making a difference and bringing what they've got to it. So uh, for folks out there in retirement who don't, do something to stimulate their brain and to stimulate their interests. What what happens? Oh, what what do you see? You don't. This is not a. This is what bothers me, and it's what I it it hurts. And this is a fact or a statistic that really does hurt. A man who at 65, who retires at 65, has a 70% chance of not 
making it to his 69th birthday, if he's not doing something with meaning and purpose, if he's just sitting there with the TV remote in his hand and a beer in the other, or even without the beer, if he's just puttering around without really any real meaning and purpose to his life, he's not going to make it to 69. 70%? 70%. Oh. That's social security. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, social security statistic. Yes. Which also means, by the way, if you just want to get pissed about it and you don't care about your life, you work for that social security. Freaking stay alive just to at least get your hands on it for 15 years. Yes. So don't, so, so I really, that, wow, that is, that is, a, no wonder. This, this, is, this is something that truly is, It's not just eye-opening, but it hurts for me to watch whenever somebody just says, okay, I'll do it. I'm just going to retire, and I'm going to go putter in the garden and just wait my turn. And that just kills me because there is so much out there for them to do. I mean, whether you're even whether you're just babysitting a grandson. We, in fact, that's uh, we've got our grandson over here every other week, and he's here uh, today, this week. And it's wonderful. But we've got so many other things going on. That's If that's all that you've got that may, gives your life meaning, that is enough. Find something. I have to <laughs> catch myself because I will use some um, colorful language. Let's put it that way, because this mean, this is something that really uh, hurts. Get off your ass and do something, damn it. <laughs> Get out there and go do something. Go. It doesn't matter what it is, but find something that brings meaning to yourself because that is what is going to keep you alive. It's. I totally understand. Yeah, even if even okay, so <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. I understand your passion, and I can see why this is so important to you. And the thing is, is even with folks that are sheltering in place. Okay, good. Then, oh my gosh, my nephew called me last night with a survey he was doing for social studies. He's eleven. But he was so excited for contact. And then my thing is I tried to drag the conversation out, ask him his point of view. Just the idea of talking to people. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're sheltering a place, you can Zoom like we're doing right here with yep. your grandkids, with your nephews, with your own. Uh, sorry, one other thing you're making me. You're so waking me up on this one. But um, a dear friend lost his wife during this. Now, she didn't die from the virus, but she passed and we couldn't have a funeral. But he's been posting old family photos on Facebook, which has been this amazing, glorious exercise that's brought the whole family together for him at a time when he just really did need some attention. And, and now he's got this role in the family, even though he's sheltering, where he's kind of the historian as he's learning about these photos that he's clearly... The men usually don't pay attention to a lot of those details and everybody's filling in the picture, right? And so there's ways you can connect and have purpose. You can get on mm -hmm. ancestry. You can help your kids understand their heritage. 
you can go take photos in your neighborhood on your walk and then come back and identify the plants or I've done stupid weird thing where I've been thanking neighbors for their beautiful um, yards on next door like because I'm a weirdo like that but the thing is is that there's lots to appreciate right yes this isolation you just touched on something there too retirement and especially with men re, uh, retirement hits them harder than it does women in the isolation uh, category and that's one of the five big fears of that people have and emotional issues around uh, retirement like I said loss of meaning loss of purpose loss of identity loss of self-worth and loss of socialization and it's this is a time that really is bringing that out to everyone that I'm isolated how about the older people in my circle or in the family what about them why can't i why don't i reach out to them and it's bringing that around it's if there is a uh plus side to this and i do believe that there are some plus sides to everything i don't care what you can bring up there is a positive to it and one of the positives of this quarantine is that people have gone out and bought cameras or they've gotten phones and they've learned how to FaceTime and they are bringing their families closer together. It is bringing families closer together because they're automatically, they're the only ones that want to talk to them in some cases. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so important. You're right. It's just that idea of connecting in any way we can and see and, and yeah, and appreciating the value. Well, I mean, I've always grown up with great respect for my elders. That was a family value. And so it was very important to me. And even though I'm not with my mom right now, I make a point. We talk every day. We just catch up because if I was living there, I probably wouldn't be at her house anyway. We would still be catching up. So it's, it's the same difference. But you're right. Women are better. We're more used to that. Yeah. And Men are more, and especially men of our age they are more well i'll get through it on my own that kind of thing yeah that's yeah that's we don't soldier on right yeah i'm tough and i'll soldier on and i'll be able to get it done yeah and i'll i've done all of these things in my life i've done the do-it-yourself thing and i've been the one that has been motivated to do it all i was expected to do it all for many years and then all of a sudden i'm doing it all and i missed out on all these kids growing up and everything so why don't i just go ahead and keep on doing and now all of a sudden here they are even if they are married which is another whole that's another can of worms that gray divorce is um in 95 it was one in 10 now it's one in four people that are divorced over the age of 55 uh yeah that i see the look on your face well i mean like oof also financially because that hit as i watched my friends in the kid raising years take the financial hit i can't even imagine the financial hit at retirement of splitting up a household 
so yeah, that's a, that is a whole other show because just oof is that one for me. Like that's <laughs> that is another. Um, uh, negative, negative that is yeah. going on anymore that the gray divorce and how it's impacting the 55 plus community but so, yeah so okay um, I, I want to see if there's any questions and I also would love to hear then really quickly what can people get with working from you Donna do you have a question I'm gonna ask Donna specifically because I know she's the one most likely to well, I had two questions. I noticed behind Miles, there's, um, he had some little, there's like something in frames. Are those some catchy sayings or something behind you there, Miles? The no. Blue, that blue arrow. The arrow, the, is it? That's a book cover. Okay. That is. It looks like it says something about retire, retired on, on it. Yes, I will grab it. And... The unlimited potential of your retirement. Oh, nice. Yes, that is the book cover for the book that I'm going to be having out. Uh, supposedly, I was going to have it out in uh, June, but one thing and another uh, has happened. And <laughs> Plus, business has really jumped for me over this last month and a half, too, believe it or not. People have um, decided that, you know, I'm not going to play the roller coaster game anymore. I'm going to retire and go for it now. That they have just chosen that, yeah, economically, it might not be the best of times, but whether they're working on indexed uh, funds for their uh, financial foundation or whatever, but they're just saying, I'm out of here. I'm, I'll do retirement and I'll do it now. And I'm not going to, I'm going to do it on my terms. And that one is the book cover for this. Okay. Yeah. I'm just one of those people that observe everything behind. Um, yeah. I, I had <laughs> good role models for retirement. I had a grandmother. Well, my mom, my dad, and my grandmother all retired at 62. Um, and one grandmother kept, kept working. The other, she traveled with all, they were all widows. They traveled. Um, she did a lot of traveling. Um, my mom and dad did traveling, but what my dad did, he did a stint on the grand jury, um, which he enjoyed. And then he, um, it was my, it was in our family. It was a 1929 model A Ford and he spent time with his friends remodeling. He remodeled that. So those were two things that he did, um, to keep busy. Um, but, um, I've got, I've got a lot of things I want to do. So I'm, um, I have a whole long little list of things and I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to take a little break before I do that. Um, but the biggest thing I think with everybody is um, that I hear is about like taking social security. I'll be 62 this summer and most everybody tells you, don't take it now. Wait, wait, wait. But I've had like three really good family friends that say, take it now because you don't know how long you're going to live. And one of them, I was just talking to her the other day. She's 72. She said, had I known I was going to live this long, I would have, waited but she said i've been getting a check for the last 10 years and she said but when you look at numbers your accountants and everybody will tell you oh you're not going to break even um she said don't look at it that way look at it that you're alive to enjoy it you know and spend it um and that you know i don't know how things are back in georgia but in like in in california too people are more like save it save it wait wait till later to take it be take it at 70. generally and i'm i will preface everything that i say here in that 
I am not a financial retirement person. I have someone do my own financials for me because it's not what I do. <laughs> so, but um, the whole Social Security, that is something that a lot of people jump for as quick as they can now because they're afraid that it might not be here. Well, yeah, actually, we're in such an unusual time. I've done, Donna knows that I've done a ton of work writing for a financial institution about retirement. I work for a fiduciary, but as a writer. And of course, our advice is wait till 70. But to your point, Donna and Miles, the thing is, is I think, Miles, your approach, your, your philosophy of align your values you're going to have to assess your own health and energy levels. If you can do crap now and that's going to allow you to do it, then that changes the decision about getting more money when you're 77 and you own your home or whatever. It may not matter because the thing is like Donna is super active. She's going to be out there doing stuff. And if that money allows you to do it, I, I think that's back to your values. Miles is like, what are your values? That helps your decision making, right? That allows you to decide what the priorities are and what's more important right now versus what might be more important at 85. Yes. Values, values, values. And I congratulate you on Donna on that. You know what you're going to be doing. You do not know how that warms my heart because on the other side of it, are the people who come to me and say, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing, or I have no idea what I'm doing. I've been doing now, and I've, I've been retired for six months, a year, 18 months, and I've got no idea. I tried to do it on my own, which is, thankfully, you've got an idea, on, or you know what you're doing. Most people don't. Most, there is, I have, it's one of my little statistics things of people put more time into into planning a week-long vacation than they do 20 years of retirement. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, I, yeah, that makes sense to me because they, in some ways we kind of, don't even really pretend that retirement's possible. Like it's, it becomes that, that elusive thing. And then I, I can imagine why you have clients because suddenly like, like now this, this pandemic is a really good example of, is it time to pivot? Like really do, I, like you said, do I still keep wanting to chase this or can I figure this out and survive on less mm -hmm. and, and have a completely different life? As I say, Make sure, and I'm, I'm very adamant about this, of talk to a wealth management professional, have one, you know, because they are the ones that can help you build that financial foundation, whether you need to go on to Social Security or not, whether you have got $5 million sitting in bank or sitting in, in whatever financial instruments that you have. A lot of people that do still work. I mean, that's that higher or high net worth income 
are more of my clientele because they are the ones that have been working and they can't see themselves stopping working. Mm -hmm. Oh, they are, to stop is like death to them. Mm -hmm. But they, the whole thing of make sure you've got that wealth management or financial professional fiduciary working with you and that you're doing more than a once or twice a year call with them. Key is stay in touch with them and them with you. But on the other side, or also in planning for retirement, there is the thing of either working with myself or another certified uh, retirement professional or do it yourself. And this is one of this is where I get a little bit upset too. Is that the do it yourself? I mean, I can start with someone, even if they are retiring two weeks ago. In three months, we've got a plan for them. We've got them transitioned into a retirement that is going to be meaningful. It's their retirement. I mean, it's what they want to do. That's all. It's all about is what the person wants to do with their retirement and for the next 20, 30 or long or years or longer years. But to do it yourself and a lot of guys are the, are in this category. Oh, I've done built my career, done this, built a business all on my own. I can do this. 6 months from the day that they retire, they start there is uh, disillusionment that sits in. Mm-hmm they become very disillusioned with it 11 to 13 months they become start becoming increasingly depressed over it these are statistics that i can i can uh, go back to the average do-it-yourself retirement that the time that it takes to figure it out and adjust to it is 18 months that's 18 months on average of wasted time of the good years it's like this is I'm, I'm young i'm still young today right i was like this is the day i'm not going to be getting any any younger so go for it yeah and it can go as long as five years and even longer if the person is just they're not going to do it or they're going to figure it out on their own. And the thing of it too is yes, they figure it out after 18 months, three years, but the wasted time, the wasted energy, the wasted money and the wasted happiness that right there, when you talked about the guests that you're going to have on that about happiness, that happiness, that meaning right there, that's what retirement is all about. It's our time to be, to be, to, to be. go out and enjoy life and to enjoy life at the fullest. You waste 18 months on average, waste three years of that. That wow. Wow. just... Okay, so what you're saying is so good. <laughs> I, I want to I, I thank you for this because I think this is the kind of thing people need to hear and they need to get in their brains and women you need to hear it for your men, men you need to hear it cause you're stubborn and there's a huge opportunity. And, 
and I have the slide back up of how folks can reach you at empoweredtransitions.com. And if Miles is too busy, he can refer you. I'm sure he can because um, there are a lot of folks that help with this sort of thing, but it's so important. It's just, it's, it's an opportunity you have. And I know for a fact, someone like Miles is not super expensive. Not when you consider what you might be losing by not having a plan. It's That's... absolutely the kind of investment in yourself that makes sense. Miles, you going to say something? Yeah. That, no, that's it right there. It is an investment in is. the next 20 years of your life on average. When we came out of high school in the, whether it was late 60s, early 70s, or whenever on up into whenever, we basically just let life happen to us. And we kind of, there were moments for some of us that, yeah, we planned on or planned part of our career of we're going to go to college, we're going to take calculus that we don't understand why, but it's at least we've got to get an 85% to get through this class so that we can get our degree so that we can get a job that will give us, that's about the extent of our planning was. And when we got into corporate or into whatever life, uh, work life, it was just a case of, okay, we're going to get through this and hopefully we don't get downsized in the next Black Friday or whatever that happens. And, or we're going to just keep on keeping on. And with no real plan. And yeah, it worked. But how many missteps were there? How many roadblocks did you have to turn around and go back down the highway and take a dirt road to go around whatever? Or, you know, how many times did you come go start across the 60 down there? I have been in uh, LA a number of times and you go across the 60 and all of a sudden you get out to uh, Vernon and find out or to walnut say say and all of a sudden you've got to turn and go down through town because they've got themselves a they've got a bridge that's out or they've got, <laughs> or they've got you know whether it's construction or they've got a car that's on fire on the side and yes everybody in la still keeps on going at 70 past it as they look real quickly <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I've driven there. <laughs> but um no, it's retirement takes some planning because it's not this isn't where you get a do over. You got a do over whenever you were going through through work. You know, yeah, you got fired once. You got to start over. You got downsized. Or your company said, okay, we're going to move you from this job to this, and we're going to cross-train you for it. Retirement doesn't, you don't get that. This is a one-time shot at it, and you've got to get it right. I think that's such a perfect point to end on, because I think that's, I mean, that's the point. Uh, Miles, thank you so much for coming today. I, this was such a great discussion, and um, it's so appropriate because, we're not going to be live anymore. And Donna was here and I just feel like, uh, yeah, nice, nice synchronicity there. Thank you, Miles. And everybody go visit Miles at empoweredtransitions.com. He has resources on his site. He's got his book stuff, everything you can find there. So thank you, Miles, very much. And thank you everybody for listening today. I'll see you next time. 
Thank you, Jennifer, and thank you, Donna.